everybody. Welcome to the Good Shepherd Weekly. My name is Matt Murphy. I'm the lead pastor here at Good Shepherd. And I have the awesome privilege to have Mike Kassan Sr. with me today. Say hello, Mike. Hello. How you doing? <laughs> Good to be here. Glad to have you. Um, many of you, I'm sure, know Mike and his lovely wife, Sally, and their children who have been here at Good Shepherd over the years. Uh, Mike w- has been a member at Good Shepherd since 1987. It sounds weird just to say 19-something. <laughs> <laughs> right, we say 20 so often these days. Uh, but also, Mike was an assistant pastor at Good Shepherd for about 20 years, uh, up until about four and a half years ago with right. Pastor Mike Barbera. So, Mike, I'm really glad that you're here. always love being with you and talking with you, um, always getting good counsel about life and other things. So um, I'm just really excited about uh, what the Lord's going to do today in our conversation. Um, and for those of you who are listening, maybe for the first time, I uh, just encourage you to listen with an open heart and just really hear what the Lord wants to say to you today. So, Mike, let's jump in. Um, I know that uh, this year has been really full and really unique in so many ways, but I uh, just want to start off with just a real basic question. How how has the Lord been revealing himself to you um, this year? Maybe it's been one thing over the year. Maybe it's been uh, something recently in the last couple of months or weeks or even days. Uh, what's, what's a way uh, that God's been uh, doing things in your life, saying things to you personally? Well, um, I guess the thing that stands out to me mostly is suffering. Hmm. Christians suffer. And uh, suffering for the gospel and suffering, I know it's just plain suffering is not really the same thing, but but trials are. I mean, mm-hmm. trials, and we suffer trials. And I, uh, I've always kind of had the philosophy, unfortunately, that if you're a Christian, you're doing everything right, that you shouldn't suffer. But that's not true. Mm, yeah, it's not true. <laughs> it's not true in the New Testament. It's not true in the Old Testament. And and it's not true for the Christian. It's, the truth is we will suffer in this life. And, uh, and Peter says if we suffer in the flesh, then we, we're not going to sin so much. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good thing. That's true. You know. Uh, but suffering is uh, I'm getting older mm-hmm. so I'm I, I realize I, I'm suffering more than I used to <laughs> <laughs> well it's you say suffering in different ways I remember taking a course through Voice of the Martyrs um, about Christian persecution but they also mentioned that many people suffer persecution it may not be Christian mm-hmm. persecution and it may not be because of their faith but they, because of who they are their gender, uh, their religion, uh, could be, um, their socioeconomic status. Um, but you mentioned specifically about Christian suffering and what, well, why is it that, um, or, or maybe why do you think the Lord has been, uh, changing your perspective on suffering for the believer and how there's a purpose in that today, especially? Um, yeah, it's, it's gotta be personal. And if your Christianity isn't personal, then I don't know if you've got it. I don't know if you know him. Uh, if if you don't take it personal, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's 
God's just been dealing with me. Hmm. He's been dealing with me about a lot of things. Um, as long as we're in this body, we're going to have issues as a believer because we live in the world, and the world influences us whether we like it or not. Uh, we can make a difference by being more, I think, uh, diligent to seek the Lord and to seek the things of the Lord. But uh, I, I, the problem, and I say the problem, it's really not a problem, it's a blessing in disguise, is that the more we seek Him, the more He reveals who we are and who He wants us to be, intends for us to be. Mm -hmm. And so you're dealing with yourself. You're dealing with your flesh. You're dealing with your flesh all the time. Mm -hmm. And so it that's where the transformation takes place, is that as He's dealing with you, you, uh, you see who you are and apart from him, and uh, you, uh, you're just humbled, and you, it, it just, it brings death. Death to the flesh. That's it. Yeah. You, you mentioned First Peter. Um, he says in his books that he wrote, he says, uh, let no one suffer for doing, uh, for, for doing evil, right? That's not the point. We're not, so, I mean, we, when we do evil, we suffer for it. But That's he's right. saying for the believer, don't don't suffer for doing what's bad or what's wrong, uh, but you're going to suffer even when you do what's good, right? Right. And that's what Jesus experienced. Uh, he suffered without sin. So we know that it's not because of sin only that suffering comes. Mm -hmm. um, but he said, too, like you referred to, that we suffer in his name or because of his name when we seek to live. Now, you know, you also mentioned too, just a personal, um, just sanctification that I want to, you know, park on just for a second. Um, what is that like for you? Uh, you were kind of talking about that a second ago, personally, how, when you seek the Lord, when you seek to walk in righteousness, how there is kind of a personal suffering that takes place, but it's, it's, um, your flesh it's a it's a destruction of the flesh it's a destruction of self what is that like for you in maybe even in recent years as you've sought the lord how is god helping to helping you to crucify the flesh so that you can live for him it's a that's a that's a tough question it's <laughs> a that's a personal question now, it's a, it's, a, it's just Continually denying yourself, whether it be in in conversation or through an experience, is denying the right to be offended. Mm -hmm. Denying the right—that's a big one. Yeah, denying the right to be um, uh, to be right. <laughs> Sometimes it's just better just to be. Uh, it, it's always better to be submissive and it's also it, it sounds like it's um, what's the word I'm looking for um, um, I can't think of the word like 
paradox or ironic or it's it's a paradox in that in that uh, we die to ourselves but also we can't be a floor mat do you know what i'm saying mm. But at the same time, yes, you need to be a floor mat. So where do you where do you draw the line uh, when it comes to a, a, a confrontation? If you're standing up for the truth, mm-hmm. and you think you you think you're in the truth, and you're standing up for the what you think is the truth, mm-hmm. and uh, and and there's a confrontation, do you do you submit to the wrong? even though you're right. Yeah. So maybe you're having a, a conflict with someone and uh, instead of trying to be right in the conversation, well, I've seen you do this. Uh, you humble yourself and you want the Lord to be exalted. You don't even want the fact that you're humbling yourself to be the, the noticing factor. You do that so that Christ can be exalted. And in that, it may seem that you have uh, wronged yourself or kind of, uh, um, you know, put yourself down. But that's kind of the point. That's what you're saying. You've laid yourself down so that Christ can be exalted in that moment with that person. Because if we exalt self, right, how are people going to be drawn to the Lord if self is exalted? And uh, and I've, I've watched you do this. I've watched you um, connect with people, uh, love people uh, that were difficult to love. I've watched you serve people that were uh, hard to serve, have hard conversations. And I've seen the exaltation of Christ in that because you denied yourself, uh, even though you spoke boldly and powerfully in the name of Jesus. So thank you. I want to say thank you to you. I don't know where you saw me do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's the point. I think people notice and watch and observe, uh, even when we're not aware that they're watching and observing. Well, that's encouraging to hear that from you because, uh, when you're walking this walk, you don't think you do anything right. I mean, I don't think I do anything. <laughs> I don't think I do a lot of things right. Let me put it that way. I don't want to sound ridiculous, but you just don't you don't see yourself the way mm-hmm. other people do. Mm-hmm. And uh, and maybe you never do. Yeah, but isn't that what Jesus did though on the cross? For instance, I'm thinking mm-hmm. right now that as he was on the cross. And they mocked him. He was a God in the universe hanging up there. He could have said a lot. He didn't say a word. Because the goal in mind was much higher than the present, what was going on in the present. Mm-hmm. He had the joy set before him, mm-hmm. which was us being redeemed. Mm-hmm. And he had to do that. And I, I think since the day I got saved, my biggest concern, and it would be, it's, I think it's normal that a Christian would believe for his family first, mm-hmm. that they would be saved, that they would come to the light yeah. and at any cost. So that's been my, my main goal, I should say, was is winning my family, but not just my family. That's and anybody else that comes across my path, you know, mm-hmm. because that's the way. That's why Jesus is. Jesus puts that His Spirit puts that in us. It's by His Spirit mm-hmm. that we are we're like that. We've been born anew. Yeah, 
point from above. Yeah. So. Well, I've uh, heard that from your kids. Uh, I have a good relationship with your boys, Kyle and Michael, and uh, see them a good bit, and also Michelle. But I've heard, I've heard them talk about um, your faithfulness and uh, serving the church, serving people, and uh, maybe even at times where, uh, as you look back, you thought, you know, uh, there's that tension of, of serving your family, like you just said, leading your family and serving others. And you don't ever want to neglect your family for the for the ministry, um, but even when we do serve, and we deny self, uh, no matter if we're serving our son or a stranger, um, people people can see Christ in that. And I've heard your children talk about that. You know, just your faithfulness to uh, serve the Lord at all times. And so, what a beautiful thing it is to see them now following in your footsteps. You know, just serving the Lord in various ways with the worship team and audio and, and different roles, you know. And uh, I know Michelle is not in this area, but I know they're serving the Lord, too. Yeah. And so uh, what a blessing that is to, to be um, an example to those in the faith, you know, not just telling them what to do, but showing them how to do that. Um, what um, wh- What's it been like for you uh, in the last, you know, four and a half years since you have retired from uh, serving here at the church. Um, you've obviously been carrying on in ministry with different uh, ministries, CMA. I know you're involved with that group, uh, Christian Motorcycle Association. Mm-hmm. Um, and just serving the Lord in a in a role where you're actually not on staff at the church. Uh, I think maybe sometimes people think they're not, you know, in the ministry if they're not on staff at a church and and when they retire from that position maybe they feel like they're out of it again but what's it like for you just as a son of god as a disciple uh just serving the lord with your woodworking and in your family with your marriage well it's uh it's fun and it's hard <laughs> <laughs> but it's all good i get it yeah you know and uh and uh you know what they say you stop moving and you stop living hmm. you know so uh i'm i'm 70 going to be 74 in july so i need to uh, keep moving <laughs> i see a lot of people dying around me younger mm-hmm. and a little older and uh i want to still be an influence hmm. for the lord in my grandchildren's lives Mm -hmm. and then anybody else that comes across my path so uh it's uh it's hard because it's a different vocation Mm -hmm. but uh and i'm doing the physical and my body's telling on me (laughs) but uh but it's also fun it Mm -hmm. and uh and i still i'm i'm so glad and grateful that the word of God still excites me. Yeah, amen. And uh, and to share it, uh, and to be in Bible studies, it just blesses me. It mm-hmm. just, and it, it's not always a good, good, uh, pleasy message that I hear. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, but it's uh, it's what I need. What I hear is what I need, and and what is being said is what I need. So yeah. The Word of God is always living, always active. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can see the joy in your face even as you talk about it. Uh, okay, I got two-part question here. 
Um, you said you're about to turn 74. When's your birthday? July. July. Okay. Um, wow. Praise God for all those years. So what would you, first part of the question, what would you tell someone of the younger generation? If there's something, you know, sometimes people say, what would you tell your younger self? Uh, of course, your younger self would have been decades ago, right? <laughs> Not at this time frame. But but based on what's going on, what you see, what you hear the Lord saying, what would you tell somebody, you know, that's in their teenage years, maybe in their 20s? How How would you encourage them in the Lord right now? Oh, wow. <clears throat> I would say, uh, for sure, number one, be in God's Word mm-hmm. regularly. And I don't mean uh, a uh, a quick uh, pull the little scripture out of the 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 bread and go on with the, your day. I don't mean I know what I'm you mean. About, the, the bread with the scriptures in it right, at the table. I, I remember. Yeah, uh, and and that has its place. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but. But be in God's word, and don't do it out of um, well. Do it as a discipline in your life, and open your heart up to it while you're in it, and mm-hmm. let God work in you through it. Mm-hmm. I'd say that's number one. Yeah. Uh, and pray. Talk to God. He wants mm-hmm. to hear from you. Mm-hmm. He need uh, you need him to hear from you because uh, you need to hear from him, and that's uh, you need to be doing that. You need to be fellowshipping. You need to be in prayer. You need to be in the Word. Uh, that has grown in my life. Hmm. In the beginning of my Christian life, it was. Sp- Spasmatic <laughs> or sporadic, or however you say it, but it wasn't. It I'm wasn't. Sure for I wasn't consistent at all. Yeah. But uh, but it is now. Praise the Lord. It's been for mm-hmm. years, and I'm so glad because it's and it's intensified. You know, and and we should be getting more in love with Jesus. <laughs> right. That's right. Uh, that's where marriages go wrong. They quit working on it. They quit, mm-hmm. you know, they they quit loving each other. They quit being kind. You know, they, they quit overlooking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and uh, they pay the price. Mm-hmm. And our relationship with the Lord is, is, that's what marriage is all about. That's right. It's a, it's a reflection. So, so I hear you say three things primarily. Be in the Word. Hunger and thirst for the word. Pray. Talk to the Lord. Uh, obviously, listen to him in prayer, but listening to his word is also one of the ways I think that kind of they, those two kind of go hand in hand. Uh, and, and being in fellowship, being in community with other believers, I, don't, I think that's uh, exactly what the New Testament church did, and it's exactly what the younger generation needs. And I think in some ways, many of the younger generation is craving for that, just the authenticity of the word and prayer and fellowship. And so that's good. Okay, so part two. What would you say to your generation? What would you say to the others that are uh, your age, uh, maybe a little younger, maybe a little older? Um, um, 
how would you encourage them based on what you see happening and what you believe the Lord's doing and uh, how the church itself, right, is a mixture of young and old? How would how would you encourage your generation right now? It's the same thing. It doesn't change. Okay. It's, you have to be the same way. You have to do the same things. If you, it should be intensifying. The older you get, mm-hmm. uh, the more I should say, the more you grow in the Lord, or you're not growing. Mm-hmm. You're not. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people have religion without Jesus. They're not been born again. They just, they got this feel good religion. You mm-hmm. know, if it, if it feels good, then I'm good with it. If it don't feel good. Well, I don't know if I want to go to that church. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's wrong. Hmm. You know, I mean, uh, look at the persecuted church. They still fellowship in these third world countries where it's illegal to be a Christian. They still fellowship under the threat of their lives being Mm -hmm. taken away from them. Right. How important is fellowship? If they're still doing that, mm-hmm. and why are they doing it? To hear the word, to be in prayer. They're doing all of that at the risk of their own lives, mm-hmm. taken from them. Yeah. That's how important it is. <laughs> Amen. I believe you. So would would you agree with this that whether you're young or old or in the middle, <laughs> yeah. um, that the word and prayer and fellowship is always critical, is always important. And, That's right. and that those are, in Christ, the, the key factors that help to unite the young and the old and those in the middle. So now I think about our relationship. You know, uh, you're I'm 74, I'm 42. Um, we've always had a, a good relationship, but we're kind of from different generations. Right. And you maybe think some things, do some things differently than I do. Uh, a lot of factors there, but uh, but because each of us is desiring to seek the Lord in His Word, in prayer, and to fellowship with one another, that unites us. Mm-hmm. That creates a common bond. Yeah, and and we get to experience the Lord together. And so that's kind of where I was going with that question. But you answered it. Uh, the same way regardless, which I think is so, so beautiful because that's what we need. We need the Lord. We need his word. We need to talk with him. We need his people. Mm-hmm. And as we focus on him, we experience the blessing uh, of his presence and his power. You know, I, I believe too, that if you're not drawn into the word, if you're not drawn to prayer, mm-hmm. if, if you're not drawn to fellowship, then I, I want a question if you know him. Yeah. Really? You yeah. know, I mean, it's a sobering, sobering reality. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, um, a thought came to me the other day about Jesus in the, in the New Testament. A lot of people followed him. He had a lot of disciples behind him, mm-hmm. followed him. They met him. They had an experience. Some of them were healed mm-hmm. uh, physically. They had personal experience with Jesus, and a lot of them fell away. Mm. Same kind of people. That's right. Just to have an experience with Jesus doesn't mean you've been born again. Mm. True. And uh, 
and that's sobering. Mm-hmm. Uh, even to have a lot of experiences with him doesn't necessarily mean you've been born again. When you've been born again, he changes your heart, changes your life. Mm-hmm. He changes you. Amen. And you grow. Amen. 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 Well, I, we could go on and on, but uh, I, I'm, I think this is a good time to, uh, to pause and just to close out in prayer and pray for people uh, in that way. And I actually want to ask you to pray. Uh, oftentimes I just close in prayer, but I, I believe uh, it would be good for you okay. to pray for us today and pray for those that are listening. Okay, Father, thank you. Thank you that we can call you our Father, Lord. Because of Jesus, your wonderful Son, who saved us and redeemed us, we have a glorious hope in you. I thank you, Lord, that this is just the the changing room, Lord. This is the place that you prepare us for the place that you're preparing for us. Thank you, Father. I pray, Father, that anyone that's listening that might question the fact whether they've been born again, that they would call out to you, as your word says so simply, but profoundly, he that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's right. That's right. Thank you, Lord. They would just believe and trust you right now, Lord call on you like I did it was almost 50 years ago Lord I said Jesus God if you're real will you help me mm-hmm. help them Father yes. help them to pray a prayer to call out to you in Jesus name Amen Amen <laughs> Amen thank you Mike Appreciate that. Uh, enjoyed my time with you, and uh, always appreciate your words uh, of encouragement and uh, and your prayer. I really do. Um, so uh, today has been so good. I hope you uh, take time to listen to all of it, and if you've gotten this far, you have. Uh, but also um, share it with a friend. Share it with someone that you know would impact their life. Uh, in closing, just want to mention a couple of things. Number one, this coming Friday night, November 20th, we have worship night here at the church. And we do have child care available for ages three and under. So the doors open at six. Uh, we're going to have an awesome time of fellowship, uh, being uh, in the word and praying uh, and worshiping the Lord through song. And it's going to be a great time. So I encourage you to come and invite a friend. And then also this coming Sunday, uh, Alan Young will be speaking again. He spoke last week, so go check that out uh, about the end times. Not your usual message about the end times, but so rich and so good. Uh, And then this week he's going to speak on the resurrection, the final resurrection, uh, our resurrection in Christ. And so I encourage you to come and and, uh, be here Sunday. We have children's ministry, and uh, it's a great time to be together. So have a blessed day, a blessed week, and we'll see you soon.